And welcome back to the Pacific Rim Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jim Valley, longtime wrestling fan. I've done some things for The Torch. I also host the Cauliflower Alley radio show and do some seminars and things for Cauliflower Alley and uh, Mid-Atlantic Fan Fest and some other things. And in this podcast, we head across the Pacific Ocean, across the Pacific Rim, from the Seattle area, all the way to Tokyo, Japan, and legendary reporter. He's been doing it for decades, historian Fumi Saito. How are you? Good. So we Hello just from Tokyo. Thank you. We just saw the Royal Rumble. And yes. you know, a lot of people obviously talking about Ronda Rousey, and we'll get to all of that in a second. But yeah. how amazing is it that, and people are talking about the women's revolution too, but how amazing is it is here we are, we are the first show with two Royal Rumbles and a man yeah. and a woman, each from Japan, without the stereotypical Japanese American characters have won the Royal Rumble on a WWE platform. That's, that's pretty amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, for so this day long. And age. Yeah, yeah in this day and age, I think it's cool. Yeah, I think so. And WWE, that the biggest company in, in the whole world, not playing the stereotypical racial roles. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's the way wrestling always was, though. I mean, you know, you saw, for example, Los Gringos Locos. You know, Eddie Guerrero was born in the United States, but in Mexico, he played the stereotypical American, and in America, he played a stereotypical Mexican. So it's. Are you positive? Yeah, but it's always been somewhat. But uh, yes. A lot of people say a lot of things about WWE. But they are always revolutionizing the whole concept of the business, good and bad. But this was really progressive. Yes and no. I think it's. I think they're always growing, and I'm glad to see they're always moving forward. But as far as women's wrestling, and we've talked about this on the show, you look back to to all Japan women and things like that, and you know that's progressive. But I mean, again, it's a different country. It's a different it's different, different era. Different things. So. Yeah, Japanese women's wrestling was never part of men's show. You know, they grew yeah. differently. Yeah, always had women's group, just women's wrestling. So different kind of evolution. So getting back to the, the, the Japanese aspect of the show with the winners, Asuka and Shinsuke Nakamura, will, do you think this, will this have any effect in Japan? Will this resonate as news in Japan? Oh, this is a big news, of course. It's already on the Twitter as, as the show goes on, congratulating Nak- you know, Shinsuke Nakamura and all kinds of Twitters going, Facebook news, people posting things, and talking about, we all go to WrestleMania this year kind of thing, right? <laughs> you know, going going New Orleans or something, you know? But uh, it's nothing about, it's not really only about Japanese wrestling, but it's, truly international now you know no borderline that, that, that most people in japan a lot a lot a lot of wrestling fans in japan actually watched just watched wrestle um, i mean royal rumble live on wwe network it really became part of technology now that's a, no delay you know you watch wrestling as is taking place you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a truly yeah, internet era. Well, it's been the internet era the last, what, 15, 16, 17 years or so. 
but uh, this is truly is like really revolutionized night that people watch the Royal Rumble in Japan live, pretty much, as it, take, it took place. And uh, I think it's uh, WWE Network grew numbers tonight from Japanese market. Now explain. That's I, not the most important thing. You know? No, no, I know, but but I I, I want to just just touch base on it just because I thought it was interesting. Yeah. So what do you think the most important thing was? Um, a lot of things were promised and they in, in, in really delivered. Stephanie McMahon, you know, McMahon come in as a you know, guest commentator and really guiding the message to the audience. This is the night. It really revolutionized women's wrestling, women's division as a whole. Because normally, this is Royal Rumble night, right? Men's Royal Rumble, you know, should or should have been or could have been. Or I'm not saying that uh, that's my opinion or anything. But uh, you would think either men's Royal Rumble or Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, Kane's Triple Threat would be the last match of the night. No, they really designed this women's uh, first ever Royal Rumble to be at the, to end to finish the show. That that was the main event. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Amazing enough that the AJ Styles, in Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, WWE Championship was the opener of the evening. You know, title match, WWE Championship title match, being the opener of the evening. It, really told the story right this you know, they are going to change something tonight and men's 30 men roy rumble came third match you see first match was aj styles title match second match was smackdown you know two out of three four and i wasn't sure the, how they're going to do this two out of three four match in such a rushed environment you know you only have about the three to four hours all together and you're putting title and attack team title match two out of three, four. How much time you know they're gonna take up? Well, they didn't. But uh, men's Royal Rumble match came in third. You know, still beginning of the match. You know, of the evening. And uh, but they were doing a video package that was very, very educational. You know, um, there are only six you know wrestlers in history that won Royal Rumble twice. Only three wrestlers that won Royal Rumble three times. Well, all, since 1988, you know, first inaugural Royal Rumble, over 900 superstars have participated. That uh, you know, 120 tons of wrestlers have participated in all those things. Historical figure. Uh, it was very educational and uh, told the story that how important this Royal Rumble is, and this is the prelude and the road to WrestleMania thing. All those storyline and the things we were supposed to remember, we are told. Yeah. So, what did you think about Shinsuke Nakamura? Oh, it was like a, the, the match was so well laid out. We're gonna skip, you know, maybe like a twenty. <laughs> it's like a very beginning, you know. You have Rusev and Finn Balor, right? Somewhat favorite, you know. And uh, yeah, the people keep coming in a very meaningful finish in the, you know in the matches. And we'll skip about 50, 50 minutes because we don't have all night. But the last six person, last six wrestlers in Royal Rumble ring, John Cena, Finn Balor, Randy Orton, 
Nakamura and Roman Reigns in Rey Mysterio. Six superstars, right? Biggest names, pretty much. Well, including Rey Mysterio because he was you know, good surprise and he looked like old Rey Mysterio with old costume. You know what I'm saying? So last six people, John Cena, Finn Balor, Randy Orton, um, Mysterio, Nakamura, and Roman Reigns. They're all important people, right? And teased a lot of confrontations. Randy, you know, Randy Orton and Roman Reigns a little bit, Finn Balor and Rey Mysterio a little bit. And the last four people, Cena, John Cena, Finn Balor, Nakamura, and Randy Orton. It's like, wow, these are four most important wrestlers in the whole roster. So very well laid out, you know, and designed perfect. And uh, John Cena and Nakamura had a spot. Roman Reigns and, you know, Finn Balor had a spot. And John Cena and Roman Reigns even had a few spots. And uh, it was very much like a preview of what could happen, you know, at the WrestleMania kind of thing. Very well designed, I think. I thought it was well designed as well. I agree with you saying that they they did stack it up at the end there. There are oftentimes to do that where they put like the biggest stars, the last people in the ring to kind of make that stamp, to send that message like you're talking about. The only thing I would say is that they gave Finn Balor a lot, but obviously they they eliminated Finn Balor. So that was kind of Mm -hmm. the way they balanced things out in the world of WWE. But I would have liked to have seen them give a few more things to Nakamura and make him look even a little bit stronger after he won before he won the Royal Rumble. Mm. He but Nakamura did eliminate John Cena. Yeah. And and there was a spot Nakamura against Roman Reigns SmackDown and Raw that didn't take place up until now and people probably want to see Nakamura against Roman somewhere down the line. Teased a little bit, you know. And uh, they were saying, the commentary was saying that the last three people, you know, Nakamura representing SmackDown, Roman Reigns representing Raw, and they treated John Cena as free agent. So last three people, very, very important, right? And, uh, yeah, it was, it's like it couldn't have, couldn't have designed better. And Nakamura really won, because you, you hear... You know, Nakamura against Roman Reigns, and, and you know you hear Nakamura chant. You know. Hopefully, this will kind of heat him up a little bit because I got to admit he's he's not as hot as as when he first entered into the United States in NXT and and when he first entered into the WWE full time. Yeah, but Jim, there's gonna be three good months to build this whole you know WrestleMania program from now on. Yes. You know, January, end of January into February to March. And there's going to be Raw Smackdown, the pay per view for the Elimination Chamber, and SmackDown, um, you know, um, another pay per view before WrestleMania. So they can build the story up. And now that it's all, all things said and done, that Nakamura is going to WrestleMania. And it was like a. So they could almost, you know, tease it that uh, <clears throat> which title, you know, championship Nakamura wants to go after. You know, they could be teased Nakamura against Brock Lesnar, but that was maybe for another year's another plan. But uh, they announced he announced it he wants to challenge AJ Styles, so kind of gave it away, huh? 
Well, and let's talk about this. Uh, AJ <laughs> Styles and Nakamura have wrestled on the big stage yes. before. Was it but Wrestle not, Kingdom 10? Uh, 2015? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then both of them went to WWE. But you know what? 95% of WWE audience don't know this. Right. 95%. You know, probably tonight, um, um, this is an early estimation, and I'm, I have nothing to back, back myself up, but let's say, let, let's have conservative figure uh, estimation. Okay. Um, that uh, well, over 1 million people watched it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, a very small portion, like 5%, that is just, you know, 50, you know, 50,000 to 100,000 wrestling audience know about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Those are hardcore. 95% of WWE Universe don't pay attention to other wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, Nakamura and AJ Styles is a fresh issue here. Absolutely it is. Yeah. Only but I'm just saying they have knows. wrestled before. Yeah. I just wanted to get your thoughts on on do you think they're going to have good chemistry? What what do you think they had good chemistry before? Oh, they will bring A games for sure, which they did at the in Wrestle Kingdom 2 years ago. They stole the show and there was a tease that uh, they at the time uh, January January of 2015, they weren't you know it wasn't announced that uh, they were going you know and get signed by WWE or anything like that. Maybe just very small you know percentage of hardcore fans had some ideas, but uh, yes, AJ Styles and Nakamura had very important single match and they brought the A game uh, two years ago. Oh, they are going to have a you know very special single match for you know WrestleMania this year. Two years later, but yes. But I thought you know they could have you know teased a little bit because Rene was you know was you know doing an in ring interview right after the match. They almost didn't have to do it, you know. That uh, winning Royal Rumble is giving Nakamura his opportunity to you know to go into main event of WrestleMania and challenge challenge the championship of his choosing, right? His choosing. So he didn't almost have to announce AJ Styles right away. He could have teased it two more weeks. Is he gonna challenge Brock Lesnar or is he gonna challenge AJ Styles? You know, a little bit of suspense. But that's okay, you know. That uh, I'm sure the Brock Lesnar will have another program for the WrestleMania. But that see, Royal the, the Universal Title match was important, but they were before Women's Royal Rumble this year. You know, the main event of the evening was Women's first ever 30 Women's Royal Rumble match. And your winner was Oscar. Yeah, yeah. What you before we go into that? Uh, what did you think about the Universal Championship match, Triple Threat? 
beast and monster and big red machine. I don't think anyone was surprised that Kane was was going to was the one going down. going to lose. <laughs> right. I don't think I yeah. think everyone knew that's why he was there. I mean, very often in the Royal Rumble, whether it's Bob Holly years ago challenging Brock or Razor Ramon challenging Brett or Undertaker challenging, it's oftentimes a backdrop for something else or it's just a, a a match that's going to be fine, but it's the Royal yeah, but Rumble makes the title match the the most important thing. The, the Royal Rumble is almost always the main event of the Royal Rumble. There sure, have been times sure. they're at like Rock but and they Cena. That was women's battle royal yeah. above men's royal rumble. This right, but it's still, a, it's still a Royal Rumble is the main event though. Yeah. yeah I yeah, mean yeah, sure yeah, there yeah. are times when the world title is a is a bigger match, like for example when it was Rock and mm-hmm. Cena Rock and CM Punk, something like yeah. that. There there are exceptions to every rule but by and large the Royal Rumble title Rumble match is, is usually a just sport. a solid match but not like a an A plus world title match and that's and that's what they this did was. pretty special because they destroyed three tables right. English broadcasting table German table and Spanish table so it gave you something special I guess yeah not so special but uh, yeah but and uh, no interference um, F5 clean one two three so it was kind of happy ending not happy but the clean finish they had yeah which was good yes and uh, then 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 tease elimination chamber next raw brand yeah uh, february 25th you know pay-per-view so they were already going into that direction yeah so i really enjoyed the Women's, Women's Royal Battle Rumble. Rumble. I thought yeah, it had... Yeah, I thought it was very good. Yeah, and here's here's what I think, though. I think that two Royal Rumbles on one show is yeah. too much. Almost. But it was 90 seconds, not a, a two-minute... Right, but also, you know, yeah. there are only so many surprises in a night, and there's only so many, many crazy like, spots. Though? There are only so many, and I felt like... They intentionally downplayed the men's Royal Rumble, which is fine because it wasn't the main event. It's sort of like whenever they would do like two Money in the Bank ladder matches or two Hell in a Cell. So are you complaining? I'm not complaining. I'm just I'm saying not. that but maybe just an op- downplayed men's men's Royal Rumble. Well, that's what they Something do when they have the t- downplay. Well, they should have. I'm not saying they shouldn't yeah. have. The women's was the draw. The women's was historic. That's what they should have done. But mm-hmm. what I'm mm-hmm. saying is is that even if they go like one January is a men's Royal Rumble, the next January is the women's Royal Rumble, or, or, or maybe in January is one Royal Rumble and February is another Royal Rumble or something. No, no, no. It's no, too no. Mu- two Royal Rumbles on one show is too much. You can only do so many surprises, so many crazy... Uh, I eliminations. Think you had to have two Royal Rumbles. Well, you're going to have to now, but I still think it's too much. Is it? I think. I think the whole show was very well paced. You know, well, it's, I never got bored. That's good. You know, no, no, I never got yeah, bored. No, yeah, yeah. And it was a long show, but uh, there was no dull moments. Not that much. I'd say maybe raw tag title match, but uh, it was quick too. You know. And they didn't announce it, but there's some, you know, like most people, you know, I'm sorry, but they during, you know, Raw Tag Team title Cesaro and, and Seamus, maybe they decided to take, you know, go to take bathroom break or something. And then you have title match and Royal Rumble. So everything was well paced. 
I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, women's battle royal. Had a lot of surprise too, you know. Um, see, you counted that the uh, you know raw women's division. Okay, probably got twelve. You know, like uh, six, seven of them, right? And SmackDown roster, six or seven. Then uh, 13 or 14 surprises we, we were going to have anyhow, right? To make up 30 participants. Then uh, they placed surprise in a very, you know, good pace, you know. Should we go over how, you know, like Sasha Banks and, you know, Becky Lynch from, you know, the very start uh, Royal Rumble If you want match. to, sure, go ahead. Yeah, because one from Raw and one from SmackDown, both very Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, very, very popular wrestlers. Arguably, popular. the two top baby faces on each brand. Oh yeah, yeah, very popular. Then uh, um, Sarah Logan, you know, coming third, and then people have, wow, this girl has it. You know, this is obviously good size, and she'll have pretty good push from now on. And uh, um, see. People don't really believe in people like a Mandy Rose or Liv Morgan. That's hard to believe, you know. But uh, Sarah Logan probably will be singles wrestler. You realize, you know, wow, this this girl is has it. I mean, as a wrestler, anyhow. That the Lita came in like in fifth. Uh, wow, it's like she uh, she had a name written in her arms, you know. People like a Fabulous Muda, Mei Young, Sensational Sherry, China, all these legends that cannot be on this Royal Rumble match. She wrote the names on her arms. You know, then it was acknowledged during the you know broadcasting. So Rita came in like a real legend. And she still looks good. Yeah, she looked and good. Kyrie's, yeah, and then Kyrie's saying you wouldn't know her unless you you follow NXT. But Kyrie Sane has presence. She's a little girl, but she looks like or carry herself like star. Was eliminated real quick, but it was good to be on the bigger platform, bigger stage. Yeah, I I agree with everything you said. That said, I to. no, but yeah. listen to what I'm about to say. I I didn't hurt yeah. her at all, but I yeah. wouldn't have made that choice at the risk of hurting her because I think she will be a big star. Kyrie uh, saying, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, put it in the situation, but she couldn't last. Tonight was more like a debut and introducing her, you know, to yeah. WWE audience and uh, uh, somebody to remember, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. she won't be in main roster right away, probably one year from now. So, same as, you know... Um, um, people like, um, say, yeah, who was it in there? Uh, uh, who, who was uh, that uh, NXT champion? Ember Moon. Yes. See, Ember Moon, very talented, very talented in NXT champion, but she is not going to be on main roster right away. But it was good that she lasted for a while, you know? And uh, so for women's division, that I think they really enjoyed the um, legends comebacks. You know, Tori Wilson, the Molly Holly, the Michelle McCool, the little bit of a Vicky Guerrero, Kelly Kelly, Jacqueline. You know, 
you know, and for a while there, for I don't know if you noticed this, but the the divas, let's just call them the divas, the uh, the women who were returning, yeah. um, they got more eliminations than many of the women on the current roster. They did a lot of the eliminating. Yeah, Michelle McCool um, eliminated four right away, you know, like a Sonia and uh, yeah. Liv Morgan, Molly Holly, um, even Lana, right? Yeah. Then Vicky Guerrero got dumped right away, but but she couldn't have been, you know, and uh, yeah, but then Nat, you know, Nat, Natalie eliminated Michelle McCool though, so uh, he came back to current, you know, today's superstar. Yeah, they they did that out of the elimination, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, Michelle McCool. Yeah. One and, thing I thought uh, was great is the way yeah. Trish made such a big deal out of being eliminated by Sasha Banks saying, you know, calling her out and they made such a big deal. I mean, she really did the honors for Sasha Banks, and which, also he, she, which yeah, was Trish great. Stratus came in 30th, which is big deal in Royal Rumble structure. Anyhow. Yeah. You know, and then the seven, you know, seven, they were saying like a seven times champion that the 2015 Hall of Famer and all these, and you have Natalie that, uh, Bellas that the Asuka all still in the ring. So Trish will touch these people one by one. Then a little bit of confrontation from old days, like a Mickey James spot. Yeah. Yeah. They did treat Trish Stratus like somebody very, very special. Well, she she's, special. she's, she's yeah. the new Moolah now. She's the, the legend. <laughs> new Moolah. She yeah. is. Yeah. There is a whole, there are probably a couple of generations of fans who believe that she is the greatest female wrestler of all time and will fight Uh, you on it. Probably. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah. And the Trish did um, eliminate Natalie and uh, Trish. Right. Trish was dumped by Sasha at the end. So today's superstar shine. Yeah. Bella Twins lasted a lot longer than I thought, you know? Yeah, I didn't know what kind of physical shape they were in. Right. Then also, I mean, to be honest, you know, that uh, we're not going to insult anybody's intelligence. They were never best wrestlers. Bigger stars than most, but they were not really exactly the best wrestlers. You know it, and I know it. So there was one part people didn't mention that was history tonight. I think Tamina made history as the first daughter and her father, Jimmy Snuka, First yeah. daughter and father to be in a Royal Rumble. Oh, okay, I suppose. Right. Because Snooka made like a guest appearance in like 08 or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't his prime, no? No, not in prime. his prime, but it still counts. They're the first father and daughter <laughs> right. to both make appearances in a Royal Rumble. Tamina came in in seventh and she got dumped pretty much right away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's going to happen, though. Yeah. Yeah, by Lita. Yeah, Lita eliminated Mandy Rose and Tamina. And right, it was kind of a right away kind of thing. Yeah, kind of a bummer. So but everybody what do you think? Brought, yeah. What did huh? this victory do for Asuka? What do you think about how did Asuka do? I think it was brilliant the way they ended the show because Asuka standing in the middle. You have Charlotte Flair to your right and uh, Alexa Bliss to your, you know, to your left red champion and blue champion, right? Then Asuka didn't say anything. It was saying, like, should I challenge this champion? Should I challenge this champion? And that's when they brought Ronda Rousey as the big, biggest surprise. Because she is almost above 
above all, you know, like household name. And uh, for older generations wrestling fans, having Roddy Piper leather jacket and Roddy Piper t-shirt, you know, R- Ronda Rousey, R- Rowdy, R- you know, Ronda, um, that would establish her as WWE superstar right away. Well, and there's a, a tweet. There's a tweet out there saying that that was actually Roddy Piper's jacket, that his son. Yeah, the actual jacket. Yeah, right. the real jacket. Yeah, and the T-shirt was designed to look just like the most famous Roddy Piper T-shirt. Well, he was a bit of a mentor to her. She kind of inspired him, and yeah. then they met, and she asked permission to use the Rowdy name, and sure, sure, and things like that. So there sure. is a real connection yeah. between Ronda Rousey and Roddy yeah. Piper. Um, you know, Judo Labelle was yes. a common friend of them. There's yes, Jean yes. Labelle, yeah. Judo Jean Labelle. Yes. Yeah, was the Judo instructor and also a good friend of Roddy Piper. So if you study those daters, it, it's not make made up. The stories for real, you know. Yeah, and it made it look like uh, Ronda Rousey belonged to wrestling instead of just one or two guest appearance as a huge pop for business he looks like he's committed to wrestling now i think it's good for wrestling you know celebrity you know celebrity superstar from another another sports or something will come and go right historically you know but ronda rousey looked like she is all committed for you know wrestling now and that's like a good feeling for wrestling fans because sports celebrities they come and go you know wrestlemania big deal you know lt you know or refrigerator perry or something um they were just guests but not with this ronda rousey case she will be a professional wrestler from now on that's good feeling for wrestling fans i think I mean, you can trust her now, somewhat. How's that? No, it's going to be interesting to see how well she how well she takes to it. I could, you know, I don't know enough about her. Certainly, she has the athletic ability. Does she has the theatrical ability? You know, we'll we'll wait and see. This this could be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, she has to have respect for this business too, and then you have to show it because. Uh, wrestling fan, you know, you, you, not just America, but especially in Japan too. Very hard to trust these people from another sport. Remember Naoya Ogawa, world champion judo? People had a hard time trusting him because is he here to stay or just wrestle for just a year or two and then become famous and do something else? You know, wrestling fans are, <laughs> you know, like a, always been betrayed, you know? ever since you were a kid. You, you and I talked about swerves too, that, you know, um, wrestling fans always have to be able to trust this, this talent. You know, is this person gonna be around or just gonna be around for a while? You know what I'm saying? Well, it also makes me think of another guy from from Japan who came from the sumo ranks, who was a Koji Katao. Oh, you see, he never stayed. Right. See, he, he yeah, he thought it was an easy way to, to make second career or something and didn't really show the love of it, you know. And you can people can see through that. And it's the same in states too. You know, somebody from another sport, you know, 
uh, try to be wrestler, is he for real or is he just doing for like a like his professional stunt? You know, um, yeah, because um, wrestling fans are um, easy to be hurt. You know, your feelings get hurt, right? Because <laughs> ever since you're a little kid, wrestling is not good, fake, phony, packy, this, that, being told by somebody who doesn't even watch wrestling most of the time. It's like you, a lot, a lot of wrestling fans have been defending professional wrestling for your own good, you know, because it's like we were denied, you know, by a general public. I mean, whomever watch wrestling, you got to be stupid or something. No, we're not, you know. You watch wrestling, and you religiously follow this thing, you know, and uh, the more you follow, the more you, you know, just real idea about the real world out there you know a lot of you learn so much from wrestling how people feel you know certain things in certain way in certain situation you learn that from wrestling so one of the things that happened at the end tonight uh yeah ronda rousey sticks out her hand to shake oscar's hand oscar moves in very slowly and then slaps it away so that was the issue so it could be Asuka against Ronda Rousey, or the two champions, Charlotte and Alexa Bliss, they're still standing in the ring, saying nothing about it, but they looked Ronda Rousey as somebody new and recognized that not hasn't debuted in wrestling, but already a champion caliber athlete. If she starts with WWE, she will be main event right away. So you had four candidates. Two champions, Asuka and Ronda Rousey. No conclusion, just just tease. It was nice way to end the show because we'll be talking about it. So ProWrestlingInsider.com, or may, I think it's ProWrestlingInsider. Anyway, ProWrestlingInsider yeah. is reporting yeah. that WrestleMania is going to be Asuka to Alexa Bliss, which would make sense because she's the Raw champion, and then Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair which would make sense because Charlotte is is the biggest star, I would say. Yeah, still speculation, right? That's what they're saying. I'm just saying that's what one report is. Okay, but WWE hasn't made any official. No, no, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna play this out on TV. This is gonna be drama. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So this is still stip- stipulation, you know, big stipulation. It could be fair or four way, you know, to unite two championship you know you don't need two women's wrestling you know you need universal women's title championship or something i don't know you know you still you know we're still playing with two champions and two brands and two potential challengers now so see what happens in the next two months so that will be something they'll be talking about women's wrestling wrestling will be that much bigger in the next two months yeah. So what are your other thoughts on two people from Japan winning the Royal Rumbles and the impact that it could have in Japan or on WWE business or on uh, any other? Will it will it help? Will it hurt? Will it have any effect on, say, New Japan business? Hurt? That doesn't hurt nobody's anything, I don't think. Okay. Just a question. Yeah. I mean, how, can you, how could that victory in a big topic would hurt anybody? Maybe it draws interest and people don't have time to watch New Japan. I don't know. You're the expert. If you say no, then the answer is no. 
That doesn't affect New Japan. Okay. It'll probably be like a helps. Interesting. Wrestling. Yeah, because you could say wrestling is uh, uh, booming again all over the world. Depends on how you look at it. You know? Well, how about from this aspect, from people, from guys wrestling right now in New Japan that might think about WWE, do they do they look at it now as a, as a more viable option that, hey, maybe now I'll get to be like a real character and not have to be a, a stereotypical Japanese character and, you know, maybe I can continue my career there. In America, you're saying? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think it does it get attention of guys in the New Japan locker room? And I'm not saying he wants to leave. He probably doesn't. But you know, a big star like an Okada or something who's still young. Yeah. Not necessarily him, but just as an example. Yeah, Okada can. It's a choice, you know. Yeah, that can happen. But uh, well, I'll just. I don't know what you're trying to get to. I'm just saying, is there, is there, does it give anybody in the New Japan locker room thoughts that maybe they could go to WWE, where in the past they would go, you know, I'm not going to get a chance to be on top. I'm not going to get the chance to work to my full potential and have a true opportunity. So I'm just going to stay here where I can make good money and, you know, and, and, and have some perks that I wouldn't know. The person has to be as committed as Nakamura is. He packed up and he left. He sold the house. He he moved his entire family to the States. He is all committed. You have to be committed, you know? So uh, it's a different ballgame. It's not just money or fame or success. You have to be able to, you know, have to be willing to change your life. You're actually moving overseas, though, you know? But I think it's interesting that you have two big stars doing that, and at the same time you have Hideo Itami who wrestled a two-minute match during commercials at the Manhattan Center during the 25th anniversary of Raw. Yeah, well, Hideo Itami will have his chance, yes. Well, now that uh, Enzo Amore is gone, that he probably will have more chance for, for becoming cruiserweight champion, you know? So, anything else we should talk about? I mean, it was a historic night in many ways, more Pretty than much, just one. Yes. Yeah, then I should. Uh, I think it's women's division was the most important thing tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's a couple other things we need to talk about. And, um, and Ronda Rousey is a mainstream name, right, in America? She was the biggest pay per view draw for a couple of years, absolutely. Yeah, and then now that he's, she's a she's she's a part of WWE Empire, and she will even be more famous because of it, you know. And uh, if she if she can adapt professional wrestling and become a, your, a, let's say uh, like Hulk Hogan type person, and uh, she will have another run as a WWE superstar, you know. Because. Um, MMA fighter, very famous in household in household name and in, in the very mainstream sports celebrity. But the longevity, you know, you don't have longevity in MMA sport. You know, maybe three to five years out of, out of your life, you can be MMA star. But as a WWE superstar, you could be superstar next thirty years. 
done right. What do you think uh, Vince likes about Oscar? Hmm. Wow. Very believable fighter, you know, wrestler. And also it proves that there is no language barrier. See, Asuka barely speak English. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't speak English much at all, you know? She's done all these without long interviews. That's amazing. I think it's her sense of showmanship. And yeah. I think, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that has a big deal. I think... I mean, the fact she does have good matches and she's yeah. very good in the ring. And I'm sure that that doesn't hurt. But Vince has gotten behind people who are not always the greatest as well. But I think right. her sense of showmanship, I think her charisma. Star aura. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Charisma. Yeah. She looks like superstar. She walks like superstar. It does it like superstar without language barrier. That's big. You know? It's like not much of a mic work. So that can be done. It's proven now. See, Nakamura hasn't done much long interview either. You know, he, he has strong accent too. You know? But he's committed to learning English though. Oh yeah, pretty much. Oh yes. Yeah. But it will take time to do the, you know, Roman Reigns, John Cena interview. You know, I mean, the, just the whole paragraph or five minute speech of it. it that's hard. You know, but uh, in-ring work, yes, it speaks it for self. Um, very much that the audience enjoyed the first encounter, you know, little bit of tease with Roman Reigns. You know, Roman Reigns, Nakamura single match can happen down the, you know, down the road. So and, bef uh, before we get to uh, New Beginnings, which I do want to talk about, uh, before we get oh, to that, okay, you mentioned Ronda Rousey and going from MMA to pro wrestling. We need to talk mm -hmm. about a guy who's been incredibly successful at both. Yeah. The brand new New Japan Intercontinental Champion, Minoru Suzuki. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Longevity, huh? No yeah. kidding. Yeah, right. You know, we I think before Wrestle Kingdom, you and I talked about, I think I made the prediction that uh, because Tanahashi's been so injured that he had to get the title off of him probably pretty soon, and I thought it would happen at New Year Dash, but it didn't. But it did happen here at uh, just recently this past week, and that's probably a good thing for Tanahashi, but it opens up a lot of compelling choices with Suzuki as Intercontinental Champion. I wouldn't even thought about it. Yeah. But that is still um, have a little bit of tease issue that the, that Tanahashi did not tap out. Referee stopped the match. You know, so the program can continue. Ta Tanahashi as a challenger, and Minoru Suzuki as a champion. The return match should happen first. Do you think he's going to get surgery? You think Tanahashi is going to get surgery? Maybe, yeah. So it's not like the program they should do right away. But she can you see that the, Tanahashi can be gone for five to six months, and uh, and I'm sure the Minoru Suzuki will be holding the title that long. Um, but the issue that the the whole program should be again that the return match, Tanahashi against Suzuki. That's still money match. Because Suzuki is not going to have a new challenger right away. Who would that be? 
You know, it's a holding title is the, the, the topic for now. Do you anticipate a long reign for Suzuki? I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Because um, it's a number two title, you know, single title. And, uh, yeah, it would be good that he, he can have a number of challengers, you know, and, and uh, sing, some of the single match that hasn't been done. He can still have the single match program against people, even people like Naito against Minoru Suzuki or something, you know, that, that can be done. Well, I'm thinking down the line we're going to get Kenny Omega and Suzuki for the Intercontinental title. Yeah. I think, but yeah, I could but be wrong. But the direction they're moving is like a turning Kenny Omega babyface now, though. That's true. And uh, anticipated tag team reunion, friendship reunited with Kota Ibushi. That will make Kenny Omega big baby babyface. But well, that's as a, as, a, as, a, as a tag team unit. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about new beginnings. Yeah. And uh, everything. And new beginning. I should say. Sorry. New beginning. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about that. The uh, the Intercontinental title match between Jay White, Switchblade, or not, the U.S. title, Jay White challenging Kenny Omega. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with I was you, really surprised that Jay White was able to counter the one-wing angel and turn it into his, his Blade Runner, that downward spiral, with Sister Abigail, whatever yeah. you want to call it. I yeah, was yeah. really surprised by that. Mm, mm. Okay, but still not be able to convincingly beat Kenny Omega and to be believable. I don't think he's there yet. No, I don't think he is there either. Oh, but they're clearly no. committed to him. Yeah, yeah. The company's favorite, like a comp company's favorite guy, huh? Yeah, I don't think this is a lost yeah. cause yet. No, no. But I don't think he's ready to beat Kenny Omega at all. I don't know. Do does I mean in the United States, you know, sometimes you know Ric Flair did it, Honky Tonk Man did it, and this is different. But in Japan, have they ever done the storyline where like you have like a, a a challenger who in kayfabe and storyline is is unworthy and everyone knows it? Is is that a thing? Oh, mm, yes and no. Then because wrestlers. You have to be believable worker in ring, you know. And uh, yes, uh, Jay White was different costume, longer hair, good-looking guy, and he was, you know, gone for a while and came back with as a new persona. Uh, he's in in process of, you know, getting me mega push and everything, but it takes four to five single match to have people actually believe in him that JY still haven't had enough single matches to have, like, have people have confidence in, in, in him yet. It'll be a while until he'll become believable guy. Yeah. Push is fine, though, you know? You know how many times um, even Okada challenged IWGP before he beat people like Tanahashi? You know, it takes three to five b big shows. And look, Naito still haven't beaten Okada yet, you know. 
he has all the momentum in the world, and most people, a lot, a lot of people believed that this past January 4th Tokyo Dome, it was going to be Naito's time to finally beat Okada. No, it didn't happen. So it really takes long for Japanese wrestling. You know, it's small, but um, it, it takes longer here in Japan, you know, to have new champion, you know, being made. So after the match, yeah, uh, Hangman Page came out, like they often do in Japan, and stood in the ring and challenged Jay White for the Intercontinental title, and Omega got mad about that. Hmm. And um, Marty Skrull also came out as well, and uh, Cody also came out. So they had a lot of members of the Bullet Club out there, the Bucks and everything. And the Young Bucks didn't walk out of the ring and yeah. all those things. So let's make it look like so all we know from that, this is not much of a conversation you can hear, but it's all body language and pantomimes. Yeah. That it looks like it was going to be uh, there's going to be no more Bullet Club or, or Elite, you know, evolving into a new faction or something. It will be Cody Rose's faction against Kenny Omega's faction. So split into two groups. Cody tells Omega, you know, look, don't take away Hangman Page's moment. Like you said, there was the scuffle. Uh, one of the bucks went down and blah, blah, blah. And then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the uh, the argument, and then they finally apologize. It looks like everything's going to go okay. And then Cody opens the ropes for Kenny Omega, but then as Omega goes to the ropes, Cody grabs hey, Omega yeah, and sure. drags him into the ring quickly and hits him in the crossroads. Okay, what does that do? Well, Establish I... Cody Hall, I mean, I mean Cody Rose as a, a big heel, head honcho of new faction and made Kenny Omega, you know, very anticipated babyface turn. That much, though. Yeah. You know, so two factions, Cody Rose's group and Kenny, Kenny Omega's group. And Kenny Omega can always have Japanese partners. Then he starts speaking Japanese soon. How's that? See, while Kenny Omega was heel, he didn't do mic in Japanese, but the the guy is fluent in Japanese. He did he a couple of phrases. He would do a couple of phrases, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that guy can actually speak Japanese. You know what I'm saying? Not just few words like phrases. He can do long mic in Japanese that people would be shocked. You know. Yeah. So this is like a slow process, but Kenny Omega will slowly be. Like a very big baby fist now. How's that? And then he had one friend in the whole world, Kenny Omega did, and that was Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi, yeah, right. And Japanese fans don't necessarily look at Kota Ibushi as a New Japan wrestler. He's on his own, more like a treated like a free agent among Jap in other you know Japanese wrestlers. He doesn't dress up like other guys. He doesn't have top and bottom, you know, ring jerseys like New Japan top and bottom. He never wear that. So he's like a Japanese free agent kind of thing that it was a perfect person for Kenny Omega to reunite and have, you know, a small unit, but uh, two guys army for now. And then they embraced at the end. And I've got to say that that was, that was some real, it was really simple, 
but wow, yeah. was that effective? I thought. I thought that looked real. Yeah, yeah. It looked. It looked fantastic. It looked really emotional. It was fantastic. Yeah. And also, I guess that uh, having this Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi's tag, you know, tag team reunited, they can work as both babyface and heel. You know, Kenny Omega and Ibushi can have tag team match against New Japan guys and be subtle heel. Then work against people in Cody Rhodes' faction, you you have obvious babyface role. So it's good for Omega and Ibushi to have that team right in the middle, like quite subtle babyface and subtle heel, subtle babyface, subtle heel. They can go back and forth another year or so. So you can have, you know, you can work with anybody. If I were them, okay? Do you anticipate, will they be two men fighting the Bullet Club or whatever, the elite or whatever they're going to be called? Or do you oh, think... Oh, a leftover of the Bullet Club will or they get, the Japan establishment. Will, will, like, for example, we'll say Sho and Yo join them. And I guess what I'm saying is, will they fill up a roster of club members to counter every member of the Bullet Club or the elite or whatever they're going to be called? Uh, but uh, to have you know one or two members to do a certain angle or something, the angle can last ne- next ten months, six to ten months, you know, all the way to summer, something, you know. So uh, they, I'm, I don't think they gotta do all the angle, every single angles right away, you know. It'll slowly but surely build into a new faction, which is not gonna be Bullet Club anymore. Some new march. New merchandise. How's that? You know. Do you think are they going to be the elite, or you think it's going to be completely different? Could be completely different, because they can still be selling Bullet Club T-shirts. They can still be selling a new logo T-shirt, something, you know. Or Kenny and Ibushi can come up with their own, you know, logo and T-shirt and the whole line of merchandise people want to buy. You know, so it's not just in-ring angle, in-ring storyline, but what kind of merchandise, you know, line, you know, they can line up too. You know, those are important things too. I thought it was incredibly well done. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it will come though, not not just one or two angles, but the, they, they will keep running angle at the end of the show like people will be talking about, you know. A lot like WWE Universe, New Japan fans only follow New Japan in, in Japan. You know, hardcore fans, they follow all these different groups, all Japan, you know, big Japan, even Wrestle One, Zero One, you know, women's wrestling. You know, you, we have 100 wrestling companies just out of Tokyo. So you choose a lot of the different wrestling, you know. But uh, unique about what's unique about New Japan's fans, they only follow New Japan. The biggest fans with 50 wrestlers in the roster, you know, they probably don't watch other wrestling. So it'll be interesting because you have enough guys, you know, all all the stars. So I have some questions. We have some questions. And uh, you can ask uh, questions by tweeting hashtag AskFumi. You you sent me photos of, you know, like the whole... 10, 15 well, questions. We'll, we'll do I a couple of these questions. Ready. We won't do all yeah. of them now. Yeah. 
No, no, okay. So, but uh, but it, but there's a there's a valid point here that in the in the 15 episodes we've done we haven't talked a great deal about ourselves. And ourselves? Yeah, oh. not that much. Not oh. that much. I'm, I'm not that kind of guy. I know that. I'm not asking you to brag, Mr. Modest, but I am saying that people do want to kind of know your background a little bit, a little okay. bit more than we've, we've, we've talked about. So one of the questions okay. is from James, and he wants to know, now wrestling is your job, right? Wrestling is my job, and uh, I started writing wrestling articles while I was in college. I was 19 years old. Uh, back in 1981, I'm 56-year-old, you know, middle-aged man now. That I've been writing wrestling stories and articles and columns and interviews for 37 years now. Has wrestling been your only job as an adult? Pretty much, yes. Yeah, pretty much. After college, yeah, I didn't even work. I didn't even have a regular job. I started working for baseball magazines, weekly pro wrestling, right out of you know, right out of college. Even while I was in college, I was already writing stories. So you obviously worked for for weekly pro wrestling, and that probably that paid the bills for a long time. But you've been you've been uh, yeah. separated from them. How do you make your living now? Um, I, um, I still write my weekly column I write books. I, yeah. So yeah, we're talking I, 30 some years of covering, yeah, co- or actually more than that, years, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Since 1981. And I graduated from college end of 1984. And then it's been my full-time job since 84. Yeah. That's 33 years. Yeah, that ain't bad. <laughs> uh, now I do, uh, you know, live streaming. Okay, all through 90s, when everybody was still watching VHS videos, I was Japanese vo- doing vo- Japanese voiceover on WWF videos, WCW videos, ECW videos, and also All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling Color Commentary in their heydays, you know, in 90s. Yeah. So uh, I stopped doing the Japanese production in studio. So I uh, I worked as director in studio too. And also, you've written for uh, some of the the video games. Ah, yeah, that, because of the wrestling, you know, magazine work I was doing. People, you know, came to me and do you want to write story more? And I say, okay, I'll sit down and do it with you. And uh, when the game, you know, that the screen was still flat, you know, not quite 3D yet, remember? Yeah. It looks like a triangle. Yeah, Fire Pro Wrestling. Yeah, real flat. (laughs) You know, it looks so primitive now, right? But uh, it was a game at the time, you know. Now, you've obviously been around wrestling a long time and covered wrestling a long time. Do you yeah. have, I mean, and certainly you could have been in a position, but do you have any wrestling memorabilia? Yeah, I do have a couple of championship belts or ring boots I got from Masa Saito, uh, that the Tarban I got from the original Sheik. Um, I even have action figures with autographs on it. You know, Sean Waltman, Sabu, Hawk Warrior, Raven. Yeah, Jesse Venter. <laughs> yeah, yes, I have action figures. Now, what uh, what belts do you have? I need to come over and see these belts. <laughs> no, just because uh, 
I am um, Reggie uh, Reggie Parks, you know the original belt yeah. maker. When when we ordered all those, you know, all Japan women's tag team that the titles and the single titles, we've ordered like 15, 20 belts from Reggie Parks during nineties. He said, "You since he ordered so many belts, I'll make one for you for free." So I um, oh wow, can I have a belt look just like Bret Hart's WWE belts? So uh. Um, they, he made me that championship belt look just like Bret Hart's WWF championship, only saying that the sports writer in the middle instead of WWE championship. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So you have a winged eagle belt from the 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I have all kinds of wrestling T-shirts from Japan. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Cactus Jack's T-shirt after he w- actually wore that shirt in, for the match. All sweaty T-shirt. Can I have it? He gave it to me, which is good. And, uh, Do you have a favorite yeah, oh. piece of memorabilia? Oh. Do you have something that's most sentimental? Most sentimental. Uh, well, I'm not into memorabilia then, but I do have it you know, all displayed in my workroom. Um, then also got picture taken with all the legends. Like whom? <laughs> like a fan, huh? Oh, you name it. Just Luther, Scorgach, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Road Warriors, Stan Hansen, Bruce Brody, the Funks. Oh, you name it. Yeah. And then finally, do you have any scrapbooks of newspaper clippings? That I don't have, but I got a, all kinds of magazines and books. All the back issues from weekly pro, pro wrestling goes back 40 years or so, every single issue. So if you want to, you know, do the research, you know, you don't have to go to the library or anything. You know, it's at, just at my house. I just have to dig it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's not talk about me, though. Well, I know, but he wanted to know, and that's a valid point. I mean, people do kind of, to, to, to get into the show, you kind of need to know a little bit about right. who I've you're listening to. I've been religiously yeah. ever since I was three years old. You know, I think I've discovered wrestling before you discover your Saturday morning cartoon or Superman or Batman or, you know, Spider-Man. I discovered wrestling before I found Ultraman. So... So I was thinking for next week. Yes. We need to still talk about Hulk Hogan in Japan. We should pull out. Why don't you yeah, uh, come up with? Why don't you come up with just a couple of key moments of Hulk Hogan in Japan, and we can go in depth on a couple of those, like his IWGP oh, okay. title win. Uh, maybe yeah, his very first IWGP tournament. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Maybe his and match it's against. Important that the Hulk Hogan was a huge star in Japan before he won WWE title. Yeah, let's and, talk and, about and, that and, next time. Yeah, he was How a he started. big superstar. Uh, started out as a tag team partner of Stan Hansen. Well, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know what else we should that. talk about? Why don't we touch a little <laughs> bit on Nakamura's history in yes, Japan? Yes. And Oscar's history Golden in Japan. Japan. Okay, okay, that does it. Because they are in almost same age. Nakamura born 1980. So he'll be 38 this year. And Kana, um, Asuka, you know, Kanako Urai is her real name. She was born 1981, so she'll be 37 this year. You know, but and, uh, yeah, both very similar career they have. Nakamura, Nakamura debuted 2002. Um, Asuka debuted in 2004. 
So uh, that means uh, Nakamura has 16-year career, and Asuka has what 14-year career. And uh, yeah, they they were very promising rookie though. You know, very, very special you know people to start with. You know, and uh, yeah, we can talk about uh, Nakamura and Asuka for the next episode because they were very special people before they went to the states. Okay, we'll talk about that, and we'll take your yeah. questions if they want. Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, Fumihiko Dayo, F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O. Dayo means it is. Fumihiko Dayo means it's Fumi. It is Fumihiko. So you can yeah. follow him there on Twitter. You can follow <laughs> me at Jim Valley, J-I-M-V-A-L-L-E-Y. Why? Because I like you. And we will uh, uh, talk about all the things in wrestling and all the things Japan and all the things that cover the Pacific Rim. Yes. I like the questions. Yes. So hit a hashtag AskFumi. Yeah. I'll answer. And we will take I'll questions and do even more. So until next time. Sounds good. So long from Tokyo. Thank you very much. <laughs>